Everybody's Talking with T, the talk show designed to engage, educate, empower, and encourage the community is on. Hello, listeners. You're back where it's at, and this is Tanisha Baker spinning the beginning of the award-winning show with a flow that keeps you in the know. We hit the roof with the truth and the floor with much more, and we keep it real and true while we do what we do. Thanks for checking out the 160th edition of What You Shouldn't Be Missing. You're tuned in to Talking With T. It's June 25th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, the late singer George Michael, TV personality Lala Anthony, and recently deceased iconic chef Anthony Bourdain. It's officially summer as the season changed on June 21st. Today on the national calendar is National Catfish Day and National Strawberry Parfait Day. On this date in history in 2009, the world mourned the loss of the King of Pop and arguably one of the best entertainers of his generation. Michael Jackson died from cardiac arrest after intoxication from prescribed medications. Coroners ruled Jackson's death a homicide. As we are in our third year and the show has gained popularity, I want to reach back in the archives and share some interviews that aired in our first year and many of you may have missed them. This interview aired in July of 2015 and actually spans a three-part series. It was definitely one of the most interesting and motivational stories we have had on the show. Listen carefully to part one of my interview with Jarvis Jones. I want to introduce you to a young man that has a powerful story of redemption. His name is Mr. Jarvis Jones, and I'm excited for him to share his story. And so, Jarvis, welcome. Good afternoon, Miss Tanisha. It's a pleasure to, to actually be on the radio. I know I'm probably not supposed to say all this extra stuff, but this is, this, is, this is awesome. Well, I'm happy to have you, and I'm really excited about your story, and I'm encouraged by your willingness to share it with our listeners. One of the things that we've talked about throughout this month is that those that have these powerful stories share those and give hope to the hopeless. So won't you just start from the beginning and give us a little bit more about yourself that led you to the story that you're going to share today? All right, well... I was raised in a very strict household, father being in the military, as well as uh, in the ministry. Been ordained since the 1980s. Both of my parents came from poverty-stricken backgrounds and kind of single homes. My dad didn't really have the greatest relationship with his father. He had a lot of brothers and sisters. My mother had a father at home, but he was honestly an alcoholic. So they really value family because they didn't really have the normal, regular family. What's a regular family, I guess. Right. Was really that. Particularly these days, you know. <laughs> but uh, that being said, they, they were very hard workers. And uh, they made sure that me and my sister had better than they had. What any parent wants to do for their children. And made sure that, you know, we were prepared to go into the world when we uh, became of age to, to make decisions for ourselves and everything. They sheltered us, honestly, um, but made sure we had that structure. I couldn't ask for a better parent. I thank God for my parents because, you know, the Bible says, uh, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he gets old, he will not depart from it. I tried to depart from it, but <laughs> I came right back to it, and uh, that's really my story. And as you were saying before, I have to tell this story. Right, the uh, departure. I, I, have to, I have to tell the story because why else 
with God and taking me through it. So I went to Webb School in Knoxville for college prep school. You know, I was called an Oreo in public school. I'm black, but I act white on the inside. All this extra stuff. And I always felt the, the pressures of society, even though my parents told me to be myself. I always felt the pressures of society to be hip. That black was not necessarily who I am, but the way you act. That led up to my college issues, now that I look back in retrospect. And where'd you go to college? I went to college at the University of Alabama, Birmingham. Go Blazers. Okay. All right. I was, I was always pressured to try to be black and that kind of kind of came back to haunt me when I got to college. I'm going to pause for a okay. second about your pressure to be black mm-hmm. because in appearance mm-hmm. I consider you a black male a young African American that's easy but and I'm not going to spend too much time on it because I think that's a great topic for another show but I do want to just bring up the fact that it's embodying the attributes of being black or the characteristics that we would like to attach to African Americans isn't always in appearance so that kind of started leading you the struggle with that right to the story that you're going to share today absolutely absolutely i got to college Um, i played football in high school i should have played baseball that goes back to what we just talked about Um, i was trying to play football to be black or whatnot um and basketball knowing that those weren't my two sports (laughs) i'm five five I have no height, so basketball was a 4B. In football, I wasn't very fast. My fastest 40 time was a 4-8. I'm not a genius in no sports, <laughs> but I'm, I follow you. I get what you're saying. So, I had no, I had no future in those sports, but for whatever reason, I, I was playing them. And uh, I got to college, and, you know, I, it, was, it was a culture shock for me. Um, going to Webb School in Knoxville was predominantly white school, of course. Uh, Caucasian, European, I don't know what, what word I'm supposed to use. Uh, that's politically correct. It was a culture shock because Birmingham is an urban city. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, black folk there. I wanted to, to fit in. I wanted to honestly be with my people. All right. I kind of took it too far. I was very focused my freshman year. Ended that semester or that year with a 3.0 GPA. Second year, you know, I'm working. I found a job and everything. Things are going well. Junior year, I had an opportunity. I actually saw I back up. Sophomore year, I had an opportunity to uh, join a fraternity. My parents wanted to pay for it for me. I would not allow them to, so I added another job. I was already working as a residential assistant. God blessed me with that. I had free housing. was able to build some leadership skills. God blessed me with another job, working in the student center as a student manager. So I waited on, on pledging until my junior year. I, uh, so I don't want to get lost in the story. So we start off freshman year good. Focus, mm-hmm. strong mm-hmm. academics, mm-hmm. working. Mm-hmm. Right? College life is good. College life is good. Okay, where does it turn left? Um, It turned left, honestly, after I crossed. Okay, so you pledged. I pledged and crossed uh, spring 13. I started, you know, partying a little bit, started feeling myself. And I don't don't want this to be misinterpreted in any type of way to say fraternity and Greek life is bad for anyone. Because, however, whatever foundation the person has, it's going to determine how they they react. Sure, I understand. Um, so I love my fraternity brothers. Um, I've learned a lot from them. But uh, honestly, that's where everything went left. I made my first F the following summer. For whatever reason, after I crossed and I decided to take a physics class, I flunked it. Um, my first F in my first F ever. It came about uh, January. I'll fast forward to January because I'm having a good time. You know, we having parties with the chapter, my my fraternity, and having house parties. Life and is stuff. good. Life right? is fantastic. I'm doing everything a college student's doing. I'm not afraid to say it. I was drinking. I'm smoking. Um, smoking weed. I'm having sex. I'm fornicating. Living a life that honestly my parents would not be proud of. Like, in 
most importantly, God's not proud. God wasn't proud of. You know, I, I wasn't living with any type of discipline. I, I'm about to get to the story now. No, I, I'm following you. This is <laughs> this is powerful. I can already sense um, the power in the story that you're sharing with us. So it's almost, in a, in a sense, almost a prodigal story. Um, it is a prodigal story. That's what it reminds me of. Um, yeah. And uh, I was always a golden child at home. I had no issues when I was growing up in high school, middle school, no issues whatsoever. That little bit of freedom, I, I went crazy with it. And uh, January 2014, it was about a party every single week. And that was my birthday. That was my birthday month as well. Uh, I'm an Aquarius, uh, January 30th. Likewise. <laughs> I knew it was the reason we connected. I'm sorry, listeners, I had to digress. But I knew it was something about this young man that connected with my spirit. Will you continue? <laughs> my mother called me, and uh, she was able to, uh, you know, keep tracks on my on my uh, my debit purchases and everything like that. Some people might think that's too extreme. I think that's right on point because that keeps me honest. That holds me accountable. And without accountability partners, which is hopefully something I can get to later on, you, you're pretty much walking by yourself and you're going to make bad decisions. But anyways, my mother called me and addressed the situation with me going to the liquor store. Got while, busted. While I was going too often. It wasn't that I went. It's that I went so too much. often. Yeah, okay. it's that I went too often. All right. Um, honestly, you know, who wants to tell their mama, yeah, uh, I've, I've got problems with alcohol. Nobody, nobody's going to admit that. I told her, you know, hey, I don't have a problem with alcohol. And you know what? Fine. I won't buy alcohol anymore. Um, I ended up smoking marijuana. Now, is this in addition to drinking or instead of drinking? Instead of drinking. Okay. All right. You traded vices. I traded, I traded vices. And it wasn't really heavy. I guess you just say it was every weekend. If I didn't have class or didn't have to work, I would smoke. I no longer smoke. For a lot of people, it relaxes people. And I know we won't probably talk about this a long time. Um, I won't talk about this a long time. But, but we may, may be able to pull it into another <laughs> show because it's starting to, the legality of it is starting to spread across our country. So we probably yeah. will have to talk about it at some point. For some people, it relaxes their nerves and stuff. Um, but for some, it makes them anxious. And I, I, for one, have always been a thinker. So for what it did for me was it was a think booster and my thoughts began to move and God bestowed upon me and by no by no means am I saying weed led me to God I don't want anybody to get that confused did God make it absolutely but God had something he wanted me to see he chose to use whatever events to lead up to me getting to him but I'm, I'm by no means of saying weed led me to God I don't want anybody to get that confused. You're not going to go. They're going to start passing it out in church. No, oh. no, no, no. They, there that are some churches that do that. But oh, what? I, I read some articles about this. You know, we living in a crazy place. Okay. We're gonna, <laughs> I'm making a list here of things that I'm going to have to talk to you about that we may not have time for on the show today, but we, we are going to talk about them. So, like I said, I put down the alcohol um, to prove a point to my mother, really to kind of prove point to myself as well and I began to smoke and while I smoked I began to really reflect on the decisions that I had made you know pledging the the people that I hung around while I was in college these questions just kept mounting I, I graduated with a bachelor's in psychology um I like to call myself a, somewhat of a, a facade or a facade of a, a psychologist or not a wordsmith or anything like that but these are, are starting to be questions that a person would ask from adolescence young adulthood becoming a man i believe why why am i here on this planet what is my purpose um why did god create me? and it's just one quick one question led to a bigger question led to a bigger question i kind of got lost in it. i got lost in all of that i honestly asked god i said if if you're here and i'm honestly skipping some stuff i started reading some devotionals slowly i wasn't going to church 
I'll back up and say, imagine this, a church boy who went to church every time it was open when he was growing up. In college, I can say I probably went to church maybe five or six times the whole four years I was in college. That takes a toll on individuals used to going to church, but that's the difference in practicing religion and having relationship with God, relationship with Christ. I began to read devotionals, and the devotionals began to give me more questions, give me spiritual questions. In March, I prayed for the first time a true, genuine prayer. You know, not one of those beggar prayers like, God, please don't let me fail this test. Please let me uh, get this job. This was actually a true, honest, genuine prayer. And the prayer was, I know you exist. I've grown up. I don't believe my parents lied to me. I know you exist, but show yourself. And who am I to even ask God that? You know, now that I look back on that, now at this moment that I'm even saying that. But that's just the kind of father that we have. He honored that. And I be, my eyes, the scales began to fall off of my eyes. And I began to, to, to notice and discern different things that I hadn't paid attention to before. I, I became celibate, and he honored that. I stopped smoking as much. I still smoked a little bit, but I stopped smoking as much. Kind of had to work your way into it, it's, right? It's, it's, and, the, and the thing, and this is another thing, uh, a lot of times people are confused or people are mis, misinterpret uh, what, what the pastors are, are saying. They're not saying that a change is going to happen at a snap of a hand. Nobody can change like that. This Christian walk is a process. Redemption is a process. My favorite verse is Philippians 1 and 6. And he that began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus' return. But it's a process. So bit by bit by bit. So I'm turning. I'm turning. I'm turning. And then comes um, these four days. And I'm thinking about writing a book on this. Okay. And I'm thinking about buying a book on this. <laughs> Before I end today's show, let me hit a couple of Monday Minute Quick Bits. One of the most trending topics in the news as of late is the separation of migrant children from their families due to Trump's zero tolerance policy at the border. Due to a lot of backlash and heart-wrenching stories and images, the U.S. now has a plan to reunite those children with their parents. First Lady Melania Trump made a surprise visit to one of the detention centers in Texas. Many also found it interesting that she wore a coat with the words on the back reading, I really don't care, do you? And so the speculations begin. When we know more about her intent for wearing the jacket, we'll let you know. As we all have given the side eye to these people calling the police for the most trivial reasons, this time, a woman who owns a weed for dogs business in San Francisco, who they are calling Permit Patty, has called the police on an eight-year-old black girl for selling bottled water. She says she was not motivated by racism to call the police, but she was tired of the noise. So let's make a note that the child was selling water outside of her own apartment complex, which was near a baseball stadium. The African-American community is upset yet again as a teen was gunned down by police while running away from them. Antoine Rose was in a car that was pulled over on Tuesday by 30-year-old officer Michael Rossfield. He had only been on the East Pittsburgh Police Force for three weeks. Police said they stopped the car after receiving a 911 call of a drive-by shooting in the area. The witness who took the video that went viral said that officers approached the vehicle with guns drawn and the people in the car got out and started to run. 
Rose had not said anything to the cop and was not threatening the officers. Of course, how could he, since he was running away? Again, the point isn't whether the teen was suspected of a crime. The point is that cops can't be judge and jury on the scene and issue the death penalty when no one is being threatened. I'm just so over the senseless violence robbing our youth of their lives. There was a brutal killing of a 15-year-old by a gang who had mistaken his identity. It's just awful that this young boy had his life taken. The gang members had sliced him up with a machete. The latest update I heard late Sunday night was that five of the gang members are in custody. And from the Crazy Chronicles, a man in West Virginia has been accused of trying to drown his wife and kids. 36-year-old Leslie Kelly of Chapmanville was charged last week with attempted murder, domestic battery, and child abuse, creating the risk of serious injury. He told authorities that he was trying to baptize them and that God told him to do it. Well, that's it for this bit. And next week, we'll bring back on Professor Jay and P.I. Pam as we cover more trending news and hot topics. You're inside Talking with T. We discuss many topics on Talking with T. And if you would like to share your thoughts and opinions, call 865 4091170. We would love to hear from you, and your call just may be featured on an upcoming show. We still want to celebrate T's top teens and hometown heroes, so if you would like to make a nomination, visit www.talkingwitht.com. We also want to continue to spotlight local or rising artists. If you're interested in having your product or service featured on Talking with T, we would love to help you promote your business or event. Well, once again, we've come to the end, but stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwitht.com. You can find the links to many of the stories we share and discuss on the website. Also, remember to follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to Talking With Tea anytime on your time. Pick your pleasure through Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Google Music, or iHeartRadio. New shows drop each and every Monday. However you choose to listen to the show, remember to leave your reviews and comments. In the meantime and in between time, subscribe to Talking With Tea Daily, the online daily newspaper to get your daily scoop of trending news and find out what we're talking about. On that note, I'll end with a quote. Tomorrow, you will wish you had started today. Remember where you heard the word and keep being kind until next time. You've been listening to Talking With Tea.